Hello, and welcome back, Boneheads. This is Rich, and I am joined once again by Ben. Hey, everybody. On today's episode, episode 18, we're going to be talking Bonehead Basics Chaos Renegades, Chaos Renegade Star Players, and the usual games and hobby. Okay, so over to news. Rich, what have you got for us this week? We have a single Kickstarter, and it's a divisive one, <laughs> if I do say so myself. It is Pony Bowl by Akaro Dice. Now, this is a team that is modelled on My Little Pony. Ah, this is the one Ian was being bullied about in our group. Okay, so this is Pony Bowl Team Fantasy Football by Akaro Dice on Kickstarter. Yeah. I think Akaro Dice are the ones that do... The dice for all the tournaments in Europe yeah. and stuff. Yeah, they did. Um, they do Bear Mayhem's as well. Oh, brilliant! I did look at the website and it was, well, foreign. So yeah. <laughs> I, I gave up and went back to uh, counterattack bases. <laughs> and away. Uh, but yeah, so they're doing a team of um, I did a team costing fifty-seven pounds. Um, that comes with four blitzers, two throwers, two runners, two unicorns, six linemen, and a big guy. Plus all the stretch goals they unlock. Right. First things first, they're 14,000 against a target of 3,500. Oh, people have loved this. They've got nearly 200 backers. And they've got 10 days to go. So, this episode should come up out Saturday the 1st of June, and this closes out on Sunday the June the 2nd. So again, if you're listening to this, and you fancy a My Little Pony Blood Bowl team, or a not My Little Pony Blood Bowl team, (laughs) you've got a day. You have a day. And... Despite me disliking the, the, the aesthetics and the, the, the premise, I suppose, of this, they're actually really well done. <laughs> and I have genuine concerns about copyright <laughs> on behalf of this company, because they are no, that's really, really cool. well done. They've done a really good job. The sculpts look really good. The coloured examples are really good. The team's very dynamic. The positionals are different enough. Yeah, I think you can run almost any one big guy team using these. If you had youngest children, I could see this being a way of tricking them into playing Blood Bowl. Good for daughters, get girls involved maybe. Well, gender-neutral children. Gender-neutral children. We're not here to judge. Yeah. But you're looking at, with all the stretch goals, so you're getting all of those players, which is what, 4, 8, 10, 17? 17 players. So one thing to note is, while the models look good, they are all on 25mm bases, which means they are quite small. That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. So looking at the pictures, you think, okay, 32 mil, that's that's cool. Mm. That's about the size of a human lineman, like everything. Actually, there might be a little bit slighter. There is a size comparison thing down the bottom. Of course. Not against oh, any... Oh, not against the Wolverine guy. No, not against the Wolverine guy, unfortunately. It's more like a... Um, what a disgrace. It's a, it's a, it's the mugshot. <laughs> it's just lined up with heights behind them, so it gives you an idea of, of how big they are. Okay, so the basic ones are like 30-something millimetres tall, and the big guy is 60 mil tall. So they're... they're that's a 60 mil is massive. So they're, yeah, they're a couple of dice high at best. Yeah. So uh, big enough to play. The stretch goals are all unlocked already. Um, 2d6, reroll marker, block dice, turn marker, a d8, big guy marker, a coach and apothecary. <laughs> I, I, this is bad. I really like the skeleton. <laughs> the skeleton is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that, the pug skeleton. It is a skeleton pony with bright pink mohawk. Now that's not a stretch goal. That's an add-on. That is an add-on. So they do have an option that if you want to buy the team with all the stretch goals and all the add-ons, it will cost you about £110. Um, and they'll also throw in two special D6 that no one else is getting. Do you love pony? Right. I'm tempted to get that one random pony just to really upset the guys. A pony. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's um, it's interesting. I do like the punk rock skeleton, My Little Pony though. It's very cool. So that is that Kickstarter. Is there any other that are going on? The Punk of Miniatures Pirates finished now? Nope, that's still got another four or five days. So by the time this comes out, it will have gone. But you might be able to jump in on the um, the, the late backers on that one. Now we've obviously done quite a bit with with Punga in the last week or so. It's been great fun. We managed to to make contact with Punga via friend of the podcast, Rob. Hey um, Rob, North Wales Carnage. So thank you, Rob. Um, he he made the introduction, and they were more than happy to do something with us. So so far, using you guys in the community, we've managed to create a whole new star player. Now it ended up being about two three days' work, I think, wasn't it? Where we went backwards and forwards and got ideas from people and 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 put polls up and things like that. So we ended up with a ball and chain star player um, who's got uh, the ball and chain is actually an anchor and chain. He's going to have a pirate hat with a little rat lookout on him. And he's got a shark fin on his back. <laughs> like, it's just, like, literally stitched into him. It's an amazing-looking sculpt. Um, if you're backing it, you can um, stick it as an add-on. Um, so you've got, you do have that option there. And currently, um, we're also working with them in regards to a second star player. Now, this one's already been designed. Um, this is a female star player, like a little female gutter runner. And they've asked us to come up with, with everything else, effectively. They want us to come up with stats, with skills, with the name. So hopefully in the next sort of couple of days, so by the 24th, we'll have had that all wrapped up. Um, but that will also be an add-on um, as well. So we've had a, a really good, productive week. There we <laughs> go. Star player, ball and chain, and player, rat woman are both on the Kickstarter. They are. Page, everything. Add-on, 10 euros for the big guy. Seven euros for the the rat woman. That's yeah. really great. Yeah, really good money. Really good money. So, we've um we've been lucky enough as well. Punga said that anybody who has been helping with the um with the creation of these two um have been within an opportunity. I'll be our. Let me try it again. Those who have helped participate are within had had a chance to be a part of uh, winning one for themselves. So they've given away five. We've already um sorted out the the five people for um the ball and chain, anchor and chain star player. And then once this one's done with um, with her lady ratship, then we will be um, doing another five there. Um, all just because you've given us an opinion, basically, which is fantastic. So yeah, some awesome work there from, from everybody. Great to be working with Punga. The models mm. themselves are really cool. Yeah, and, um, it, as we said in the last episode, they, they, they've done fantastically. Like the, they, They've surpassed their, their goal by... What, Crazy amount, fifty three grand now. Yeah. They've surpassed their goal by, and they've still got another five days as per now. They've they've done brilliantly, but they deserve to. If you watch them through their kickstarters, they're always developing. It's not like here's your Kickstarter, and we might do this later. Well, I tell you what, the thing that really surprises me about this is not because of how good the models are, because the models are excellent, but it. I genuinely thought it wouldn't do that well because mm. there is already a Skaven team out. And yeah. let's face it, the game's version one is actually really good. Yeah, it's a cool looking. Really good, cool really good team. value. But they've they've created models that are unique enough and so good, they've still managed to get get fifty seven thousand pounds for a team that's already out there and made it unavailable cheap. Yeah. So that is six hundred and thirty three people have chosen this as a as a top up as a, as a choice. Yeah. Which one says a lot about the size of the Blood Bowl player like community. Mm-hmm. And secondly, says an awful lot about the quality of the models they're done. They're doing particularly when they, because um, obviously this is their second Kickstarter, I think, because their first one was the Savage Orcs and the Magnetron. It's at least their second, yeah. And it's it's wonderful to see people back in a company like this as well. 
people they, they clearly have a passion for it they want to work with the community they're not kind of going this is our vision and thanks very much they're looking at it kind of going well we're not going to be able to think of everything ourselves what have you guys got what can you do let's work together and they want to be in a position to be able to to grow this because they, they appreciate they're not going to get it otherwise are they yeah it's their second blood ball set <laughs> they have some um, centaur foxes <laughs> Oh, I forgot about them. The Canitors and the Felitors. Yeah. Felitors, Felitors, Felitors. Yeah, yeah. I about that. So before we move on to other bits and bobs, as far as miniatures are concerned, yeah. this coming weekend is the pre-order for Halflings. It is. So no trees yet, still. Obviously we've got... That's not true. You can pre-order the old one. Oh, yeah. This is <laughs> it doesn't look good, does it? Clearly they've had a bit of an issue and um, they're trying to fill the gap opportunistically with a very average tree model it's not ideal is it it's, it's not it's not awful but it isn't very good it doesn't fit the aesthetic of the new team either it, it's just very yeah very wooden <laughs> <laughs> boom boom <laughs> I still recommend the Ents so yeah no, I'm going to be pre-ordering them this weekend no, no doubts about it I'm, is it this great. weekend they're doing the inducement cards as well yeah I think it is because that interests me I yeah. like that idea of having them there what's your inducement I've got a couple of kegs well we don't really know what's in the pack yet, do we? No, that's it's true. Just, all we you know would is hope that it says inducement cards. <laughs> yeah. Given that every other set of cards has been about twelve useful ones and then twenty-four blank cards, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm inclined to wait and see. And I think that's why Rick meant earlier. He's like, I'll wait and see what the pre pre order looks like. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So the halflings and the pictures and the dice and the spike are all going live this Saturday for release. The following Saturday. Now, because that lands on the very same day that our episode, this this one goes live, um, and because it's been a little while since we've done a giveaway, by the time you're listening to this, you should have already seen that we're running a quick competition, just for a, a couple of week turnaround, and it is going to be to like and share a post. The full details are on the posts online, that's on Twitter and on Facebook, and the information will go out on Instagram as well, but liking and sharing on Facebook and Twitter are the ways to enter. Yep. And um, we will pick a winner at random who will get a halfling pitch from yep. us. And we'll announce that when we record the next episode in two weeks' time, I think. It is two weeks' time, isn't it? Do, do, do. Because we've had a shuffle around. 19th, the 10th of June. That was it because it got moved from the 6th. Yeah. To the 10th, because we're in Entoyment on the 6th. We're going to play one of our league games at Entoyment, aren't we? So, that's right, that's exactly right. So we'll announce the winner on Monday the 10th, when we record our next episode. Yeah, look forward to that. It's nice to do a little bit of a giveaway. Absolutely. On to non-models. On to non-models. So, um, we've had a, a message from Alistair, um, who's, he messages quite a bit, actually. He's um, he's a regular... Um, Contributor is probably the best way of putting it, isn't it? He's a regular contributor to help us with this. Um, but he is um, running Mythical Mayhem 3 in Cheltenham. So this is on the 17th of August, and it's a 26-team, 26-coach draft event. Oh, brilliant. So all of the teams are pre-made, so coaches just need to turn up with dice and turn markers. Before each round, there's a draft. Coaches take it in turns to select the team they want to use that round. For the first round, it's completely random. Coaches select in the order they come out of a hat. From rounds two onwards, the coach at the bottom pick first, and the top table has whatever is left over. It's a lot of fun. If anything, the draft part is the best bit of the day. I love this idea. That is very cool. So all 26 teams are there. So that means he's providing all 26 teams. Well, that's... If you've been playing Blood Bowl for a while, that's pretty achievable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's a wonderful idea. So that is the Mythical Mayhem 3, the Griffin's Grail. 
Oh, I didn't realise it came with a... Mm, it's got a tagline. With a tagline. 17th of August. While we're on the topic of tournaments, we've got Bonehead Bowl coming up soon on the 29th of June. It's coming around quick. It is indeed. You'll see me posting things like we've got the team sheet up now live. We're going to have prize information that should have gone out by the time we've released this episode. Yeah, so we've, yeah, we've, um, we've sat here with them. Yeah, we are we're looking at them now. We, we love the dice. The dice are brilliant. <laughs> the dice are brilliant. Counter-attack bases have done great jobs with dice for both of us individually yeah. before me. Now we've got the bonehead dice. We've got one for each of the heads. It is, they are great. <laughs> in our colours. Yeah, one they're great. Blue, one great. And they're, they're brilliant. They are absolutely brilliant. Done some great little trophies for us as well. And we are sorting out a bunch of other prizes as well. Yeah, we so we've got a couple of the other sponsors of ours um, who want to be able to assist to put in and hopefully we'll have a, a few more details of them soon. Um, Entoyment are weighing in as well, where we're holding the actual... Um, uh, yeah, tournament itself so they'll be providing plenty of prizes from employment in the way of gift vouchers or whatever he calls them store credit store credit gift vouchers yeah that type of thing you never know we might even be able to just go and go yeah we've got this much money let's have those three prizes and we can give them out that way but have a look we'll see what we can do but uh, yeah so we're going to be getting some, some assistance from employment as well it's just looking good it's good fun we've got um, bits and pieces going on we've got spot prizes you can win a bow and pod mini Yes, we'll be bringing some some of those to the tournament to give away. Haven't quite decided what the small prizes are going to be yet. No, what the yeah. what the events are. But any ideas? <laughs> that seems to be a common trend at tournaments. They rock yeah. up and they'll decide the spot prizes on the day. Yeah, it I works. I like it. I like it. So that's Bonehead Bowl on the 26th of June in Poole. So if you're within an hour, an hour and a half, give us a message. Let us know you're coming along. We'll have spare teams available for you as well. We will indeed. We have on the 10th of August Sewer Bowl Sevens. We do, which is our five-game Blood Bowl Sevens event. More information will come out of that once we've cracked through Bonehead Bowl. Um, we'll have a bit yeah. of free air. We can pile on the information for that. See what we've learned. Yeah, and then, absolutely. And then at the end of October... Tombstone Tournament. This is the um, all undead slash horror-themed teams. So anything from the secret teams in Fumble to your vampires, your necromantic standard teams as well. Um, but there's going to be um, a themed weather table and a themed kickoff table alongside other bits and pieces so i'm really looking forward to that um so a nice horror themed tournament right around the corner from from halloween so fingers crossed lots of black lots of orange <laughs> I'm, I'm imagining i might have to do like a pumpkin head full of sweets or something in the middle so that's um, saturday the 26th of october yep and we'll get the rules back out for that probably around about the time sewer Bowl's finished yeah give a nice two months lead up yep I like that. But um, again, that's in Toyment and Pool. All three of those tournaments are in Toyment and Pool, which is a great little venue. And um, I'm really looking forward to, to playing a bunch of games with people. Mm, yeah, meeting people, meeting you lot. It'd be good. Okay, over to hobbies, games, everything. Rich, what have you been playing? I played a game against Randall recently. Now, my game against Randall was his secret team practice for Secret Carnage. So he's running the Beastman, the Beastman team. And he finally went with the one Minotaur option. Ah, oh, brilliant. And it worked a lot better for him. And he came away thinking, actually, this might be better for me. Although he gave leap to an ungle. Oh, that's just, heroic. Just for just for the, 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 the giggles of it. And he tried it twice. And on the second one, he killed himself. He's like, I don't think this is very good. <laughs> and so maybe he's not going away with it. But I'm, I'm chuffed that he actually attempted it. Um, I ended up using my Course Naos. Course Naos. That's a good one, isn't it? Norse Chaos Mixed Team um, tournament build for Bonehead Bob. Um, so it was two different tournament setups against each other. 
So are we running one million or one one? One one. Are both tournaments both one, one. one. Oh, that's good. Both one one on that regard. Um, he had five skills available. I had four. Yeah. So it wasn't sort of no that's massively not out of I mean, you get that with most of the tier differences as mm. well. So that was good fun. He had like one two one, I think it was. That was the game where there was some serious casualties towards the end. Oh lord, there was about <laughs> ten of us in total in the um, yeah. It's all the pictures of that. That's crazy. In the injury box, it was it was nuts. Um, but good fun. Did enjoy it. Um, can't complain really um, and it's good to see Randall improve he's learning a lot quickly so what did he take so instead of the second Minotaur he took a, another Ungor and a Gore oh so he went with actual he went with actual players instead yep. of I wondered if he'd gone with like a star player or anything like no that. he considered it but the only one he could really consider was I think not Helmet Wolf but Max Spleen mm. and he looked at it and kind of went you know what this isn't going to work the way I want it to. You can get two other players, so he had a better bench. Oh, that's good. He I'm had not... a better bench. He had that extra, so he went from 11 players to 12. Um, he didn't improve on his re-rolls or anything like that, but that extra player meant that he could actually try something out a bit different, not worry so much when that first player gets oh, KO'd. That's, or that's, that is really cool. And it was nice to see. It's taken about four or five games for him to kind of start working out what actually works for him and what doesn't, rather yeah. than going, I can have two Minotaurs, I'm taking two <laughs> Minotaurs. And it's it was nice to watch him develop and work it out himself. And obviously I, I've tried helping him and pushing him, but it's only this last game where he's kind of gone, no, I'm only going to try it with the one. Now, anybody going to Bonehead Bowl, you can also take two Minotaurs and uh, just go for it. Just go for <laughs> just it. do it. It's so great fun. There's me convincing Rounder to try no, it with just one. I know I, I would have taken two. You can, you can go <laughs> Chaos Pact, Chaos, Chaos Pact, Chaos Dwarves, Chaos Dwarves, Chaos. Those are your three. Chaos Renegades. Well, Pact, yeah. Oh, apologies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a Chaos Chaos So you've got. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you could. There's, there's a lot of options there. Yeah, there's plenty. I like Chaos Dwarves as a, as a, as a mixed. As a mixed team. That was Randall's first team. team as well. Yeah. Well, Balls. yeah. He's I good know. with them. He's it was, scary with them. It was well built. I love the dwarf skulls. Yeah. That was good. So how did the Norse Chaos mix play out? It was bash. It was as bash as I hoped. What were you running? I was running a Yeti, one lineman, two off werners a thrower, three beastmen, three Chaos Warriors. So the Ulf Warriors, they're the Strength 4 Frenzy guys. Yes. So you've got four Strength 4, one Strength 5 with the Yeti who's got Frenzy Claws? He has... Yeti got Frenzy or No, frenzy? he has... The Yeti's got Wild Animal, Disturbing Presence, Claws. Mighty Blow? I've got this written down, I think, on this pad. Apologies for the paper. Claw. There we go. This is actual... Right. So it was Claw, Frenzy, Wild Animal, Disturbing Presence. Yeah. Five five one eight, and so I went with a yeti, two off burners, three beastmen, three warriors, and a lineman, and a thrower. Yeah, that is right. Three warriors. Three warriors. Wow. So there's a lot of strength in that. A lot of strength. So I gave two of the warriors tentacles. Oh wow. Because obviously they got the mutation access. Did it? Did it pay off? No. Didn't use it once because yeah. Randall didn't put anyone dodgy near him. But the thing is, when you've got such a strong front line, I assume your plan was to go yeti tentacle tentacle warriors, keeping in base yep. contact with the yeti to murder. Exactly that. Exactly that. But Randall saw through it. Mm. And if Randall can see through it, others are going to see through it. Um, and I gave bo- both of the elves juggernaut to try and make use of um, pitch clear. Yeah. Crowd surfing. Um, but looking back on it, I could have probably done better, unfortunately. So um, I still think one of the elf warriors should go with tackle as your, as your safety. 
yeah, take out sense. those dodgy guys. Mm. But even if you don't want to take out dodgy guys who are in your backfield, they can just take out the <laughs> dodge um, guys that are on their side. Just, yeah. just, just take them out. Yeah. So it was, yeah, it was a tough match. A lot of bashing, a lot of, a lot of injuries. No, but it seems fun. like all of your games around will tend to be really close games. Yeah. Yes, yeah, it's, it's horrible. He's going to beat me soon. And I'm not going to like it. <laughs> I'm not going to like it. Um, the other game I played was against um, Good Guy Lewis, Nice Guy Lewis. Yes. Last night. Um, He's not having a great season. So Lewis won our last season. He was the champion mm. with his Lizardmen. Although his Lizardmen and his Chaos both did brilliantly last yeah, season. Yeah, fantastically. So he's brought them both back this season. But so far, he's only got two games in with the Lizards. One was against me. Yeah, uh, with the Chaos. Oh, yeah, with the Chaos, sorry. One was against me where I 4 owed him and just I just oh. completely diced him. And it doesn't sound like he had much better luck last night. No, it was... um For the first half, it was really quite tight. Um, he was... He went 1-0 up about four turns in. I ended up doing the sneakiest of one-turn touchdowns. And I felt really proud and really dirty yeah. all at the same time. See, we missed this, but we heard the screaming and shouting. <laughs> it was exciting. So I had... um, There was a, a ball in the middle of a scrum. And it was turn eight of the first half. So the end of the first half for me. And um, Oh, so it was literally score or don't score. Yep. Yeah. Yep, completely. So... I had a goblin on his on his backside on the floor. What I managed to do was stand him up, make a dodge. He's got um, two heads, so he's dodging everywhere on a two. <laughs> yeah. Right. So he, he dodges once, picks up the ball. No, sorry, he fails the first dodge. That was it. Yeah. Fails the first dodge. On dodge one. re-roll. Dodge re-roll. Picks the ball up, two go for it. I then pass Bonehead on the ogre, roll right alongside the, the goblin, <clears throat> and throw him downfield he scatters three times in the right direction like in, in a forward direction yeah and I land it in the end zone that's incredible like the the, the chances were, were horribly against me and it just <laughs> paid off and it, it was great I didn't I didn't <laughs> I didn't hear Lewis get salty which is very impressive no not in the slightest he was it, it, when you see something like that whether it was you doing it or someone does it against you something like that is just awesome to yeah, see yeah you've got to appreciate it haven't you and that just comes back to what we were saying in episode 2 or 3 or 4 about making a successfully landed throw teammate should be a completion for the throw 100% he's earned that That's Eric Bonehead should have got that he did one that was a heck of a throw it was a perfect throw Absolutely perfect throw. Um, and I had an elf die, or my elf die, and I ended up um, apothecarying him and he misses next game. I killed a beastman and he apothecaried him, and <laughs> so he misses next game. And that was about it for the first half. And then the second half came round and I d- d- my dice rolls just took the, the Chaos team apart. And I ended up with four... Five casualties in that match. Four casualties and about three in the KO box. Yeah, it was not a lot of players left on the pitch towards the end. No, it really wasn't. And I got um, I got my skating down the line, held off the ball for <clears throat> held off the ball for a couple of turns, scored a touchdown. He wasn't going to be able to get and and score one to, to equalise. So I ended up grinding out a two-one win. Um, tough game as it always is against Lewis. I don't think me and Lewis have ever had a um, a runaway victory against each other. So it's been it's been nice to. To play a, a battle of wits and a battle of tactics again. Oh, I just hope he keeps playing with his chaos and doesn't bring the lizards back too soon. I think they're coming. Yeah, <laughs> I, <laughs> I think, think, I think it's soon. probably fair. So I've played one significantly less competitive game. Mm-hmm. So I just got back from a holiday in Tenerife with my girlfriend. Ah, yes. Which was lovely, and we did crack out Blood Bowl Sevens one night. Ran her through some training bits and ran her through a whole half. It was really great. 
It was really great. Apparently it's a bit too mappy, a bit too numbery for her. And it actually was quite interesting to play with someone who's never played anything like it before because you don't realise quite how much there is in the way of numbers. Most like minor maths and things, but the amount of stats and stuff that are in the game yeah. are actually massive. Oh, I suppose the comparisons and the changes and I was just like, so how do you know that? I was like, um, I just know it. <laughs> it's down here on this chart, and she's like, okay. So what about that? I was like, it's on this other chart. So how do I know what skills they've got? Well, it's on their team roster. It's like, oh, does everyone? How do they know what skills they've got? I was like, we print them out at the beginning of every game. She's like, do you really? I was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but she did find the um, the progression really cool. Oh, the, the, yeah, yeah the, the, about running a league and everything and how the guys get skill ups. I used the stickers that we got for oh, Monoball. And was like, and this guy now has this skill, mm-hmm. which means that when you roll the both down, he's okay. Yeah. Um, and I think literally her second block resulted in the death of a Skaven lineman, Jesus. which was awesome. Um, and yeah, it was nice to face some sevens. Uh, even if it was a, a, a teaching game, I'm still really, really, really impressed with sevens. I think Randall prefers it. I think I prefer it. Do you? Which is weird. <laughs> which is weird because I love Blood Bowl, but the prospect of getting two or three different games in in the same amount of time... Yeah, see, that's a huge appeal. ...is is very cool, which is why... Now, I'm super excited about Bonehead Bowl because of the mixed teams. We're going to see some absolutely ridiculous builds. We've already got some... Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's, it's just crazy. And um, But I'm really, really excited for Sewer Bowl 7s. Because five games of sevens, and it's, I think it's just going to be... It's going to be fun and frantic. should be it? a lot of energy. Um, and I just want to see what we can achieve using the, the sevens meta. I think it yeah. could be really cool. I think it would be amazing. I mean, I'm, I really need to get myself a seven, seven switch here. On the evenings where Rand's like, oh, can we play a game of football? And you're looking at it, it's like it's half seven now. By the time we get you in the bed, it's going to be quarter ten maybe. You're going to be annoyed and wound up in the morning. I'm not in the mood for that. Whereas if he goes, can we play a game of Blood Bowl? I was like, you know what? Let's play a game of Sevens. He's going to be up an hour. It's not an issue anymore. Off you go. In a way, and I'm less likely to have a problem in the morning. And he genuinely loved it. Oh, just borrow mine for the time being. I might just do that. Yeah, because I have no one to play Sevens with. So, yeah. Sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I may just do that. Then. Yeah, absolutely. But I do need to get my own. Obviously, I've got my, my big 11 switch. Yeah. So to get a Sevens one to go with that would be, would be quite good for, for home. Yeah, the, the Maelstrom mats were did a great job with that seven switch. Yeah, it's brilliant. And fits in a suitcase beautifully. Oh, yeah, it travelled okay. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. It was in there for, you know, I, I packed it, I packed the pitch really early and then realised it was probably a terrible idea because it was kind of folded into an L shape, went in the bottom of the suitcase. Yeah. Everything went in there, perfect, came out, rolled flat. And this is exactly what I found in mine. If you look at mine, it's always in the back of my car yeah. with something on top of it. Yeah. And I t- <laughs> I've got to the point where I turn up there on a Tuesday and just flap it out and it yeah. comes out and it's perfect. No, I don't know how he makes so it. so impressive. That's so impressive. It's insane. So, no, yeah, I like that. And um, I managed to, the, all the models travelled okay as well, except for one of my Dark Elves. He got injured. Oh. But only because they only attached the base by like the, the ball of their foot. Mm. So he just snapped off there. That's and glued, glued him back to the base. It was fine. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, really, really, really cool. Yes. Really cool. And that's the other thing. You can travel with, with, with a sevens pitch and two sevens teams. And it takes up, like, no space. Man, this is going to be amazing for holidays with Randall. Seriously? Yeah. Although you do need to get some tabletop tyrant cases. I do. Because you saying, I can only bring one team, is outrageous. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, I need to know which team to bring. And I'm like, I, I carry, like, eight in my car. 
<laughs> They're amazing. I know I need to do that. I know I need to do that. When's your birthday? First of August. Oh, I'll get you one for your birthday. There you go, done. I'll get you one for your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah, two teams, job done. You Just can take two your, teams, Richard. You can, you can bring your minor in your major league and then you can play wherever you want. Yeah, true. Play against anybody. It's fine. True. Um, what about hobby? We got any hobby in? Yeah. So, I rush painted some Dark Elves before the holiday, which was great. Painted some stuff with good guy Lewis and yep. multiple award winning painter Ian. Oh, he's doing alright with painting at the moment. Isn't he? Oh, it's ridiculous. It <laughs> gen- genuinely makes me want to burn some of my own models. This is horrible, isn't it? You're like, I like this, is looking good. The worst thing. Like, Wow. Worst thing is I taught him how to paint 25 years ago, <laughs> and then I basically stopped learning, and he just carried on. Wow, mm. uh, it's amazing. No, it's uh, fantastic work. So I did some of that, and I've built some more of my undead team, the mixed undead team yep. for Bonehead Bowl. I've got the other golem now. The halflings will be coming, which will build the second part of the dwarf halfling mixed team. See, that's cool. I like that. Yeah, that'll be fun. Um, I'm, I'm worried that everyone's going to bring teams they're excited about to Bonehead Bowl and no one's going to want the spare teams <laughs> there is that there is that <laughs> panic and, but the thing is as well um, there's there's one gentleman who's um, who actually introduced us to employment itself um, Joe if you're listening hi Joe um, who's gone well out of his way in finding models for, for Bonehead Bowl and he's creating a um, a, a mix create, we're using Chaos Dwarves I'll leave it there but obviously Chaos Dwarf models aren't easy to find and they're not cheap Yeah, and he's found some and he's bought them, and I dread to think what his wife might think. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, Ben's got all of his all of his trolls and everything built up now. Oh, amazing! The oh, because he bought the rock guts, didn't he? <clears throat> yeah. So he's running those, and he's he's running his um, actual games workshop troll as Ripper. Okay, I like yeah. that. Uh, yeah, that makes cool. sense, I suppose. And thanks to what we were talking about on the podcast last week, he's taking a guy with hail mary pass. Good man. Yeah, which I think will be great fun. Yes, it needs to be done, doesn't it? But. I think Bonehead Bowl is the rule set that we're running with is a kind of interesting mix of the two different tournaments. We I know we spoke about this on an episode a while ago. We sort of said there are some there are some tournaments that are about the hobby. Mm. So Mana Bowl, yes, like we love Mana Bowl Stunty Carp um, because it's just well it's a different meta straight up. But secondly, we we went to the first one with basic teams that we. Mm. And we went to the first one we played and we were like, oh my god, there's so many teams out there we can build. And then since then, we went, went to the second one, we both built a non-standard team to take. Mm. And I think basically everybody projects. else did as well. Yeah, and it was, what, 12 of us? Yeah, which solidifies that as one of those created tournaments like um, the not Carnage Cup. Yeah, the Secret Carnage. The Secret Carnage Cup in, in August. Yeah, and and when um, Ben first approached saying, would you mind if... I use your idea because it was sort of, we said at one point we should do a secret cut. Rob, what did I call him? Ben. Ben. I'm as bad as you now. Yeah. <laughs> Rob. When <clears throat> Rob first came to um, when Rob first came up with the idea, he came to us and said, "Would you mind if I nicked your idea?" I was like, "No, go for it." And he wants it all about the hobby. He wants it all about the fluff. Yeah. He wants to see your he wants to see your display case. He wants to see the, what you've done with the teams. He wants to see custom star players. He wants to know where they come from, what they're doing next, why they look like they do. And it's just about the fluff and the creativity. And it's wonderful to for people to want that side of things. When what you see a lot is NAF sanctioned events and people are, are doing their, they're, they're getting their rankings up and, and getting their, their 26 team quota um, completed as well. So to have that one where you can just have a bit of freedom and go, you know what, I fancy painting a load of sea elves if you're that way inclined <laughs> yeah um and you can just do it 
particularly with the Dark Elf core sets, you can make a wonderful CF team. Oh, there's so many elf models out there that you can cast on things. It's just, it's having that, that freedom and looking at it kind of going, I can make a wonderful team. But this is why I think the Bonehead Bowl rule set is a really great middle ground, is because you can still run all 24, 5, 6. six. Is it all 26? 26. So similar to the 27th team. Yes. Yeah, okay, cool. I get myself a bit pickled with that. So you can run all 26 teams mm-hmm. and then like another 100 or 200 mixed mm-hmm. teams within that, which means you've got, I think we've all done hobby for it now. Yeah. Everyone I know that's going, and Milton is going to go with his orcs just because he really enjoys playing orcs. That's fine. And he's like, oh, you know, that's that's a great choice. But that's exactly it. Actually, he wouldn't be able to take those orcs to Stunty no. for a secret league tournament. But where you've got this mixed meta where you can run a straight orc team or you can run a, a split team, you've got and you've got the kind of angles for, for both sides. Mm. You've got people who can just rock up and play and you've got people who can build for it. Yeah. And I think that's why I'm so excited about it. The real question is, can we do mixed sevens <laughs> in the future? In theory, you could, but you're halving the heart. I like I like the way I like saying Stunty Sevens better. Because uh-huh. I think we need to try that. Stunty Sevens would be amazing. Stunty Sevens would be great fun. You've got 600k to build a team, but everything in Stunty is kind of cheap anyway. Yeah. You end up with 11 roster. <laughs> and everyone in well, everyone in Stunty is slow, and you're playing on a smaller pitch. I genuinely think... I could run Chomper and Stomper. And just a load of forest goblins. That's like a third of your team. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I just think that would be a great little, like, a great little meta. And I think we should do it at the club one night. Because actually yeah. you can still get three games of sevens in. It'd um, be a good little round-robin tournament quite quick yeah. thing, wouldn't it? Yeah, all we need is, you know, you, me, and a couple of other people. Actually, you know what? Rick would be well up for it. James yeah. has got goblins. Ben's got goblins. And he you know, loves madness. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Chaos. Ian's got goblins. We've got Halfnies coming out. I, I, I think we could have a great Lewis little... could do it with his skinks. Yeah. I think as we go towards um, the Cerebral Sevens, we should uh, get some Sevens pictures yes. on the go and, and just see if we can do a Stunty Sevens. I like that. Yeah. And then we can expand it to Secret Sevens. And then, this is what... So, we've got Bonehead Bowl coming up. I do intend to try and build a pitch for that. Awesome. I want table one to be a wobble workshop pitch. That'd be amazing. I'm going to go for like grass this time. Okay. Then we've got sewer bowl sevens coming up in August, mm-hmm. and I'm going to make at least one sewer pitch. Cool. That makes sense. Which would be easy. Yeah. Simple, not perhaps yeah. easy. Then we've got September and most of October, so we've got over two months yep. before Horrible. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make another pitch for that. It's going to be a graveyard theme pitch. That'd be cool. Yeah, and pro- again, quite easy. Mm. But it means there's a little bit of space where we can play with some some stuff in sevens. Yeah. I, I get a month of like ah, brewing, <laughs> brewing, up, brewing up crazy rules. That'd be amazing for sevens because I think there's uh, I think there's a lot of design space in there. Yeah, there really is. But one of the other things which I think is really cool is I was talking to a, a chap called Mark earlier who's uh, going to do um, a miniature and dice swap with us so we've got some giveaways for either he, the podcast. He's a very well-known gentleman in the community. Yeah. He said uh, he's going to steal our rules at some point and run a tournament. Yeah, a mixed a, a similar thing in, in, in America. Across the pond. Yeah. We're going international. So I said to him if he wants prize support we'll help out. 100%. Because I, I love this. I think this is like 
an amazing meta. It's yeah, it's a great middle ground, isn't it? Um, Wonderful middle ground. But you never know. Come June, we might play it, and it might be absolutely atrocious. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's going to be wonderful. I think it is. You know what? I I think because when you Rick and I had the um, oh. those those couple of games each, that was brilliant. It was great fun. It, it's probably the most fun I've had playing Blood Bowl. Yes, because you lost the competitive edge because you're looking at it going, this is just crazy. Well, it's crazy, and there's just so much space. There's so much variance. There's so much build space. So instead of going with you, right, I've got these 26 teams. I'm not going to take those four because I can't buy them. Mm. Chaos Dwarves and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, right, the other ones, really there's only one list for each. I can change my skills up a bit, but there's only one list for each. So you end up with maybe 20 different lists. Three of them are stunty. Mm. Nobody takes humans. Yeah, (laughs) no. Apart from you, but when it comes to, you know, when it comes to, when it comes to tournaments, you've really got Six to eight main builds, yep. and then another six medium builds that people can take, and then the crew will take Stunty or just the all elf morgue list or something. <laughs> then you go with a mixed, and it is multiplied at least ten times. Yeah, and that's that's the thing is we were just putting this stuff together and we we're like right, so that's one of my ideas. I have got maybe 30 more. <laughs> and that's like, that's going gentle yeah. as well. Like I couldn't decide between Horman, uh, between Horman. Horns, <laughs> between horse, yeah, humans, dwarves and halflings. I couldn't decide which two to go for for a mixed team. So I'm painting all three up in one, one scheme. scheme. Yeah. Nice. Which means I can then go halflings, humans, humans, dwarves, dwarf halflings. Oh. I'm going to create this little thing, but also that will play out well when we go to Dungeon Bob, because that's the other thing, is that <laughs> in that month of little breathing space we've got, I want to play Dungeon 7s. Oh, wow. Yeah. That would be chaos. Yeah, so I, I want to brew up some rules and start talking about it on the podcast, because I think it could be great fun. We need to get Rick's Dungeon Bob back out. Well, this is the thing. Yeah, well, it's been a while since we've gabbed about nonsense. <laughs> I'm thinking that instead of Dungeon Bowl, have you played Dungeon Bowl yet? No. Okay, so in Dungeon Bowl, there is a dungeon. Yep. And there's a bunch of chests, and there's one ball, and there's one touchdown. It's golden goal. Basically, mm-hmm. you, you search through the dungeon, find the ball, score it. Which is appropriately questy, and that's why Dungeon Bowl is so cool, is because it's just a different game. However, I think you build a dungeon, or you have mm-hmm. preset dungeons out there, and you do play two six-game two six-turn halves. Okay. Like you do with sevens. And, you know, either you start with the ball or the ball starts one space closer to you or, you know, something. I don't know. There's a, there's a balancing factor. But I think you could could still get the Sevens experience through a dungeon as opposed to just that. Because Dungeon Ball can go for 20 minutes or four days, <laughs> which, which is kind of a bit. It's not that, you know, the, the advantage of Sevens is that it takes an hour tops. I think there's, a, I think there's an element there we could actually grow into. So, yeah. Plus dungeons, <laughs> just dungeons, just dungeons. I took some of the tiles because Ben asked in the group chat. He was like, "Oh, how long does it take to do stuff?" And I was like, "Let me let me have a crack at this." So I grabbed a bit of foam core, grabbed a tile, and it took less than two and a half minutes to create a room. No way! It was awesome. That's it was insane. like, yeah, I picked up the tile, I scored. You know, so I was like, right, I've got my five by five tile. I want a five by four room. Score, score, snap. Hot glue gun. Across all the stuff, glued it onto the foam, pressed it down, 30 seconds, cut around it, you've got a 5x4 room. 
That's took, crazy. And then all I did was take a bit of filler, put it around the edge to just strengthen it, mm. primed it, did a bit of xenophil highlighting. You've, you've got a room. You could build dungeons, like dungeons in a day. That's crazy. Yeah, that's why I think there's there could be some cool like, be design space because we could definitely run a tournament without a lot of work in that dungeon space. That'd be brilliant. Yeah. But we're running so many tournaments at the moment, I'm having to slow <laughs> That's down. That's next year. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know if we have enough time. No, probably not. You know what? I think we've spoken enough about hobby and nonsense. We have. I believe so. So we better get to the real crux of the matter. So, on to the first main topic. Really, the first part of a giant main topic, I suppose. Yeah. Is... Bonehead Basics, Chaos Pact slash Chaos Renegades. Yeah. It depends what you call them. I don't know what they're called in the Games Workshop land now. They are Renegades. So the Renegades on the NAF. And they're Renegades in the Games Workshop land. Okay, brilliant. Good. Since they um, released it in the first spike. What have I called them? <laughs> Both. Yeah. Oh, bloody hell. Hey, I swore. Golly. What, you mean in the... um? Oh, Renegades. No, in the, oh, in the actual spreadsheet? Yeah. No, no, you called them Renegades. Okay, brilliant. Good. Accidental good. following the rules. That's good. Yeah. Quite the opposite of some of our players. Yeah, so the Renegades. I love the Renegades. So normally, we would bring on uh, a third presenter. Guest. A host. Third chair. Huh. Um, but no one in our local area has played as much Renegades as you. No. I'm not convinced anybody's played any Renegades apart from you. I've not heard of anyone doing it. Built some renegades and yeah. then haven't bothered. No, I think they're they're like Marmite, aren't they? I get that feeling. I think they're just um, just tricky. They are. They're like, and we'll come to this when we talk about like them as a summary. But if I was going to briefly describe them, I would say they were chaos, but more fun. Mm. But remember, starting a league in chaos is tough. It's yeah, it's it's they're like halfway between chaos and goblins. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. You got some fun stuff and no skills to go with it. Yeah, many options and and the opportunities are amazing, but it's you you've got to slog together. To be fair, they are a um, they're a model. They've got to be one. The model is one of the best teams for modelers. They're, they're fantastic. You've got three big guys, you've got a bunch of mis- miscellaneous players. I think they're, they're a great fun team from that point of view. They, they look great when they're out there as well. And they've got some good fluff. So, like some of the, the older, like, second edition teams and things, there was a lot of mixed stuff. And, oh, okay. And, yeah. I should probably read up on like, the older I stuff. I think you'd like it. I'll link mm. you with the second edition handbook. It's ah, great fun. Please do. It's great fun. So, we will talk through the positionals. We'll talk through the tactics. This will all be with a view of league play, yeah. and then we'll break away, and in the second topic, we're going to talk through all the star players that are available to them. Beautiful. Okay, so we'll start at the very top. We have got Renegade Human Lineman, 0-12, to 12, mm-hmm. 50k, movement 6, strength 3, edge 3, armor 8, and no skills. So they are Human Lineman. They are Human Lineman. However, they differ from Human Lineman because they have got access to almost everything. They have anything but agility. Yeah, so general strength passing and mutations on basic, basic uh, level ups. Yeah, just single rolls. So talk to me about your experiences with... With the Lineman, with the humans. Yeah. I um, I genuinely just use them as cannon fodder. Although they've got their, they're, they're the most versatile out of all of the, all the positionals that they do have. 
no, if you want to clear one up as a, as a killer mighty blow, you can. If you want a a ball sacker in there, you can do that easily. Um, you can like fairly easily make a passer out of it. There's a free leader in. That's what I was thinking. Is that they've got um, they've got that passing, and their re rolls are expensive. So the team re rolls are seventy k. They are. Yep. So if you do level somebody up, you've got a twenty k re roll there. You do. And the other interesting thing is they are the one, um, they're the one small guy positional that doesn't have animosity. Uh, within the team. Within the team. Yeah. So you look at we'll come to it in a minute, but you look at the Alpha Match Four and think, you know what? He'd be a cracking passer, ball carrier, something like that. But you would have to roll a two plus for him to hand off or to pass it. And that's it's you, you know it's not a turnover if it fails, but it's one of those things where you're like, oh man, that's completely stalled my play. However, if you've got a human lineman that's been leveled up as a passer and just wing it down the <laughs> give him strong arm at some point as well, you can get you can get pass accurate and strong arm all on single dice rolls. And then just wing it down the down the um, other end of the pitch for a, a dark after catch and away you go without having to worry about the animosity rule. Tell you what, I'm trying to find on Blood Bowl Tactics whether they've got um, things for leveling up the players and stuff like that. They don't have them for these players. They don't. No. See, what I'm looking at at the moment is I've got... I'm planning on running in total six linemen eventually on my team. Um... Two of them will have guard and be supporting, hopefully like guard stand firm, that type of thing. So they can't go anywhere, stick them in the middle of somewhere and just use them as um, as a support mechanism. Now because they've got armor eight, they're they're you know, they're armor eight strength three, they're not invincible, but they're not they're not fragile. No, you're not looking at them thinking, Oh no, it's a bit dangerous sticking them in. You put your sevens on the line, so whether it's elf lineman or skaven lineman. The elf is an eight. Yeah, but I mean the oh, linesman, like, armor armor seven linesman. It's scary. They don't last very long. No. But the, that eight, actually, will put them in good stead. Are you not more tempted to give them block when they level up, just so they become your blitzers? No. I've um, The first two that have leveled up for me this season, or from one from last season and one from this season, I've immediately given Mighty Blow to. Um, why is that? Because you get more SPP. That's exactly... See, Lewis, good guy Lewis, had this argument about his Saurus Warriors. Right, yeah, yeah. And if anyone's listened to our last episode, you'll know that strength four no block is actually better than strength three with block. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> while having strength four block is better than mostly everything, you, you're in good you're in good odds anyway when you're making a two low block. Yeah. So getting that mighty blow on a strength four guy does build up the SPP quite quickly. Mm. Mighty blow with a strength three guy increases your chance of removal. Yes. Because you can get two dice. Mm. You've got good players. You've got a good amount of players, and you've got good strength players. Mm. You should be able to get two die block with someone with mighty yeah. blow. Yeah, definitely. And it works on defense as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. And I'm planning on putting three of them with mighty blow. That's my thought. Is you've got three that are there for for the, for the hard hitting, two as support, and then eventually a sixth one as a passer. That's my thought. Um, but I am never concerned if one dies. <laughs> I'm not looking at it going, no, break up the hollow is gone. They're still 50k, so yeah. they'll die less quickly than some of the other ones. So having a, I'm going to use Skaven, because <clears throat> getting a Skaven lineman to level 2, mm-hmm. he becomes so much more valuable. Having a Skaven lineman with kick 
he's almost irreplaceable. Like you'd rather lose a gutter runner yeah. <laughs> than a guy with kit. But you know, you've got Armour Eight. They will live. They will slowly grind up because they'll get the incidental casualties. Yes. You know, every few games they might get a casualty, which means in every few games, like every five six games, they're just going to start leveling up, and they're all going to start leveling up. Mm because they don't die, which is really cool. Now, the interesting thing with those guys is that, yeah, they fill all the boxes, but they're not even the key positionals. No, not at all. Now, for me, the unsung hero in that entire team is the Goblin. And the Goblin is next on the list. So, not to one Goblin Renegade. 14, movement 6, strength 2, edge 3, armor 7. So, this guy does have animosity and dodge and right stuff stunty. So, he's a bog-standard Goblin, with animosity, but he gets mutations on regular. He does. He does. And I immediately gave him two heads. Now, two heads only gives you plus one on dodge rolls and dodge rolls only. So it's like a cheap man's agility skill up. Yeah. However, that means he's two plus dodging everywhere. Forever. Forever. Forever and ever and ever. And this worked really well at one point on um, on a game that me and Lewis had in a friendly at the end of last season against yeah. his chaos and he had a, a beastman right in the um, right on the edge of the pitch surrounded by four players and mine went anywhere and I blitzed with um, with little man and he went straight up down there did two go for it's with two dodges <laughs> and then yeah literally just smashed the beastman on a two die uphill and got double push well, and the beastman could only go off that's it that's incredible but the thing is they they two they have just infinite two plus rolls but they've already got a built in dodge re-roll yeah it's, it's fantastic and they get everywhere they're wonderful wonderful little things so what about the second skill up so you, you go two heads for him so that he can two plus dodge everywhere which yeah. works on offence and defence yes what is the second choice is it big hands to pick up the ball is it just catch so they can get the ball better or is it horns ah sidestep you reckon I reckon sidestep because because of that that two plus if you can get yourself move it out of the way, right? So say for example, you've got I don't know, you manage to put yourself in a position where you're alongside the ball. They try and block you. Yep. You can nine times out of ten they're moving you away from the ball, even on a push. But if you can put yourself onto that ball or alongside that ball or putting it in a position where you can get that one extra movement forward or back that you need, it's one less thing for you to worry about. I literally use him. As something to get in the way of everybody else. What, the goblin? Yep. But he'll die. No, but he doesn't. <laughs> That's well, the thing. Although he's strength two, he is armor seven and he's got dodge. Yeah. Which does make him quite survivable. He does. On a double, I would almost immediately give him block. Because what I found is the moment he gets down, people like to foul him. <laughs> because he is a threat. Yeah, he is, and you only got one. He's just scoring opportunity. You mentioned earlier on the episode that you pulled off a one-turn touchdown with him. Yes, it was insane. So, tactics against Chaos Renegades is take out the Goblin. I agree. And one thing that Lewis mentioned last night is he said, I always forget about the one-turn touchdown threat. Yeah. Every time. Because Renegades is such a bashy team. You're like, right, we're going to punch, we're going to take him on, and then all of a sudden they pull out this Goblin trick. And what I love is that the model I use for my Ogre is an ogre is Thaumaturge looks like a Manator looks like a Manator but he's so big that I can put my goblin behind him (laughs) and people forget he's there (laughs) that's appalling it's good though welcome to Blood Bowl (laughs) welcome to Tactics Um, so 
I would, thinking about it, that big hand is probably a good idea. It depends what you want him to do. So if you want him to run in anywhere, pick up the ball, that if that's his job, yeah, that's brilliant. If you roll a doubles, I know you're talking about block, but Dauntless might be a really great shout. I don't know if I would ever use him as a blitzer. As a blitzer. Purely because my idea of a blitzer slash safety is my Skaven. Okay. Okay. So we'll go on to the Skaven. Um, 0-1 to Renegade Skaven Lyman, 50,000, 7337. So regular Skaven Lyman. Yep. Uh, general mutations on normal and everything else on doubles. But he does have animosity. He does. He does. Um, this is where... I, I struggle with the very first skill because I I want to give him either horns. Okay. So he's movement seven, which is the fastest movement on the team. Yeah. So he can get to places. He becomes your point and shoot guy. He does. Because with movement seven, you can put him in the middle of the pitch and he can hit everywhere. Yeah. But I would also consider giving him um, two heads. Because then you get that extra dodge. It makes it a bit easier to get into places. So, on a doubles for him, would you go for dodge? Yes. Yeah, straight away. I think, absolutely. Doubles for him. Singles, block, or are you talking about going for something I would rather go wrestle. Step? I love wrestle. Movement 7 wrestle is, yeah, that's brilliant. That's what a, I'd yeah. be looking for. In an ideal world, you're looking at strip ball, wrestle, dodge, maybe horns, because you get that extra strength if you manage to dodge in somewhere, and two heads. I don't necessarily want him picking up the ball, although it's handy when he does because because yeah. of his speed he can go wherever. But I think it's too easy to make him your ball carrier because of his speed. Yeah. And then he becomes a target and you've lost everything else. He's probably the best candidate for any stat increase. Yes. Any of them. Movement 8, brilliant. Mm. Strength 4, he's already movement 7, brilliant. Yeah. Edge 4, again, he's movement 7, brilliant. And armour 8, if... Armour 8 might be the only one you don't go for, but having him as Armour 8, it will make him far more survivable. Yeah. So, you know, the thing is, if you get Armour, you get the option of movement, and I would always go for movement 8. Oh, 100%. Movement 8 straight 100%. three guys are brilliant. Mm. Let's see what else. Yeah, 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 completely. And I'd, I'd love to get an, an AG skill up on him. AG skill up, two heads, horns. He's just gonna, he's gonna blast through everything, isn't he? It's like it's basically an edge 5 dodge. Yeah, they're, they're great. So you're what, looking at a 4-plus to get into a 3-tackle sense. So have you managed to get him to level 2 in any of your teams? No, he keeps dying. Yeah, Skaven Lyman, man. They die. They do. So I've got, he's always got up to, to level 1, uh, level 2, but never got that second to level up. Is it almost worth using him as a ball carrier towards the beginning of the season so that you can get him to the point where he gets wrestled? That's what I did last night. Yeah. So I gave him, um, he got a touchdown last night, my guy. And um, it, it was just one of those ones where everybody was tied up and a, a nice little handoff, yeah. just set him free, and he was gone. And Lewis had a couple of guys on the ground. He, even on a couple of go for it, he wasn't getting where he needed to go. And I've got that. He's a good stalling mechanism. That's what he is because he can get away, and because the rest of the team are so bashy yes. and they're difficult to get away from. Yeah. That he can just kind of sit there and 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 wander around with the ball for a little bit until you're ready to put it in. Yeah. He's got the movement to clear himself out of trouble. Yeah. Okay. So the renegade orc lineman is next. Not to one fifty k. He's five three three nine. Again, animosity, general mutation. Yeah. Are you running an orc? I am running an orc. Now, last season I skilled him up with. You went crazy with him last season. I did. What did I give him? Foul appearance. You gave him foul appearance and then tentacles. tentacles. 
Um, tentacles never did anything. No, see, Barrel I'm... appearance didn't. But my thought with an orc this season is to go heavy on the mutations again. Because I don't necessarily... Although you can use them on the line, when you've got the big guys, like the ogre, like the lineman that you can throw in there, yeah, you don't necessarily need them to do so. However, my thought is, from your, your front three, sitting one or two behind, maybe one, give him disturbing presence. Well, yeah, disturbing presence is a really... is a, probably an underutilised skill. It, it would disrupt, but... He's only got movement five, so doesn't that limit the ability to get him into places where it's going to affect them? If you can keep him in the middle, you can get him wherever he needs to go. You can cover the entire line. And that's it. And particularly if you end up giving one of the humans a kick, and you can get that ball brought forward. That's a great combination. And then they're trying to pick the ball up, and they can't, (laughs) because there's disturbing presence. And it's just one of those things, it's an extra thing where they're like, oh, I'll pick that ball up. Yeah, but are you? But... You would think, oh, first skill, do I want to use it on something that isn't going to immediately affect the game from a combat point of view? Mm-hmm. But actually, because he's armor 9, strength 3, he's not going anywhere. No. Not, you know, obviously if he gets clawed to death, then fair enough. But, <laughs> you know, the likelihood is he's not going anywhere, which means you can actually afford to slow roll him. Yes. Um. So, yeah, Disturbing Presence is an unorthodox, I think, but a decent shout for that. Just something a bit different. I like the idea of him being like a mini roadblock. Well, something that just disrupts everything around him. So you've you've used you've played a lot of games with Nurgle as well, haven't you? So mm-hmm. you've used you've seen how useful disturbing presence is. Oh, brilliant! I played against Nurgle. I've been sure Nurgle a couple of times, and yeah, it is something that actually it is it's 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 difficult. And does it stack as well? It does. Yeah, it does stack. So if you end up at another point with another sort of freebie skill, double disturbing presence is is oh of, yeah, you could have three or four. It becomes very controlling. Yeah, particularly so, if you can scatter them across the edge of a pitch. <clears throat> the, the width of a pitch would be brilliant but again because he's armor 9 if you go on a heavy guy lighter build not a terrible thing to give him block and put him on no that. no definitely not give him block um, give him block I like the idea of giving him tackle yeah just again one of those guys you put in there like I'm going to dodge away from him yeah but you're not yeah but thing is armor 5 you, I feel like that with the tackle guys you need them to be pretty mobile so that you can actually defend because normally if someone's got dodge yeah they're they're gone yeah they're gone but the good thing with the orc is because he's got that armor and i like your idea of deploying him a little bit behind the line he can plug a plug a gap really great mm. which i think is why you went with foul appearance and tentacles last season it's because you're like he's going to plug that gap they can't move away from him and they may not even be able to punch him so he's yeah. just going to stick to them yeah, they said everybody passed the, the two plus rods. It was it it was just unfortunate luck because it, it what I wanted it to be was one of those ones where all right, well the orc's in the way, let's yeah. punch him now. We'll sort it out. Oh, I failed that, and that was a blitz. Oh, and I've run out of rerolls. And that's it. Now that's what am I supposed to do? do? Yeah, yeah. Uh, with the orc, I think you're really only looking for strength increase. Yeah, I wouldn't worry about edge, and I definitely no. I wouldn't really worry about movement. Um, no, armor's pointless as well, really. 30k for movement 6 is not stellar. Strength 4, and then stick tentacles on him. Like that, that, at that point, yeah. He's, yeah, he's awesome. He's a big black orc then. Yeah, it's just brilliant. <clears throat> okay, my favourite player on this roster. So, the Renegade Dark Elf Lineman, 70,000, 6348, which is a Dark Elf Lineman. Mm-hmm. Animosity, General Agility Mutation yep. for singles. So, he's General and Agility. My elf gets to his first skill up, and then before he reaches the second, always dies. And it almost happened again last time. <laughs> Even though he's armor eight. Even though he's armor eight, P 
people people will almost always go for the elf first because they think it's soft even yes. though he's just an edge four lineman yeah and it is it's the edge four the edge four scares people now his first skill up I gave him was um, was dodge he is the only one that can get single agility access apart from the goblin mm-hmm. so you, you kind of got to have a real good reason not to go for dodge he's edge four he probably ends up being a ball carrier yeah, until you build your human passer. Yes. Then he becomes your catcher. Would you go human with short hands? Because technically, human with short hands is better than a straight four, edge four. But everybody knows short hands doesn't work. It's cursed. <laughs> it's cursed. And the worst thing you can say is one in nine or three plus with a reroll because you're just going to fail it. Mm-hmm. And then you can open up dodge on the... Because dodge with edge four... He's brilliant. Yeah, it's wonderful. And at the moment, I'm running him as a runner. Yeah. If I can get the ball to him, I will. That's but very, very I won't necessarily off. go out of my way to make sure he gets it, if that makes sense. If he happens to be there, he'll get it. If not, I try and use him as support. So I can get him dodged out, move around. That then becomes a two-die block. He's freed up to be able to go on to the next one. Now, movement six is not terrible. When you've got edge four, you're dodging back away from something on a two-plus, mm-hmm. and then you're just running on your merry little way. He's got a lot of flexibility. So him mixed with the Skaven, you've got a really good beginnings of a, a fast strike package. Well, I say yeah. fast, medium fast strike yeah. package. Um, with two agile or fast scorers. What's what is the so is his what's his what's his main purpose? The Dark Elf. I think his main purpose is to be that ball carrier. It is to be able to get to the ball to him. The reason he's edge four is because you need him. To be able to, it's not as a support mechanism. It's to help you get those touchdowns. The the humans are there to soak everything up. Yeah. The goblins are there for the cheeky one turn touchdowns, and just for causing merry hell, <laughs> effectively. Yeah. Um, the Skaven is there for the. I think he's there purely for for ball sacking, purely because of his the, the way he can move around and and the abilities and the, the skills he can get. The orcs there for disruption. The elf has got to be there. Purely for elfing. For elfing. So giving him dodge is, a, is I think, a really good first shout. <clears throat> because if you start him as your ball carrier, dodge is a great defensive skill and a mobility skill. If, like you say, you then get to a point where one of your humans gets sure hands, yep. they don't have animosity. So they can pick up the ball and they can give it to that dark elf who is move sixing around with dodge. Mm-hmm. So that dodge becomes great as a defensive skill because I'd love my dark elf runner to have dodge from the, from the get-off. Yeah, it'd be amazing. Better than dump off, um, and you know you you can stretch the field an absolute treat then if yeah. you don't fail your animosity roll with the dark elf, but you know if he needs to give it to somebody else. So dodge, I think, is a brilliant building slot, and yeah. then I think your second skill really just depends on your team at that point. Yeah, completely, and it would either be big hand or is it two arms? I don't know what is off the top of my head now. Big hand is the one. Player ignores modifiers for enemy tackle zones or pouring rain weather when he attempts to pick up the ball. Which is why it's a good one to have on the goblin. Yeah. Because he's if you give him two heads and then big hand, he's dodging everywhere on a two plus and then picking up the ball forever on a three plus. Yes. And two arms. Gives you plus one to catch. Extra arms. May it add one to any internet. Come join me. Add one to any attempt to pick up, catch or intercept. Yeah. See again. Again, that's he's dual rolling at that point. Yeah, he can be the ball picker upper or the ball, you know, catcher mm-hmm. runner. 
Yeah, and and I think that's where you need to use him. He needs to be the. He is almost the pretty boy of the of the team. He scores the touchdowns. He does, but you need to protect them together. Okay, so let's move on to the the greatest thing about the Renegades are the fact they can have three big guys. Yes. Whether you take three big guys or not is t- entirely up to you, but you've you've got to have some. You do. In the first season, I took three big guys. Yeah, and we'll start off with the troll, and you can talk about that. Huh. So, 110k, one not to one chaos troll, uh, movement four, strength five, edge one, armor nine, uh, with loner, always hungry, mighty blow, really stupid, regeneration, and throw teammate. So he's a bog standard. Troll hunting. He's a bog standard troll, but he does get mutations on doubles. He does get mutations on doubles, and I found him to be as useless as useless as useless can be. In that first season, and to the point where I um, I dropped him for the second season. However, you have had, I believe, success running tentacles on the troll. Yes, and and this is where, once I um, I get myself settled in this season, I will be bringing the troll back, purely for that roadblock. And that's the learning point of it, isn't it? Is that actually trying to activate the troll all the time. If you need to activate the troll all the time, it's going to be a nuisance, mm. because he needs, he needs to be babysat, which means you're kind of down half a player. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you get him to the point where he's tentacles, like the Beast of Chaos, uh, yeah. like the Beast of Nurgle, you, you don't use him. No, you literally just sit him where he needs to go. Yeah. Leave him. The guys in base contact are going to struggle to get away, and they're going to struggle to block through him. Yeah. Which means that, again, you've got that great controlling on the line. If you're receiving, you can plug up two people who you then immediately almost get a numerical advantage. Hmm. Yeah, and and this is it. And his his point is having that. He's he's front and center. He's dealing with that. He's soaking up all of that damage. And what I found is during that first season where I had the three big guys, what I was having to do was I was being forced into using the troll because I didn't have an option. And he's the price of almost any other two players. Mm. And it just it it just didn't work. I ended up like you said you you're babysitting him. And if he fails that one anyway, you sacrifice a player just to try and pass a really stupid. And he's not in a position where you want him anyway. There is a place for him, but I think it's not in an underdeveloped team. I think it's once you've got everything else pretty much where you want it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably... I think he's right. Probably the second player you buy. Yes. So, again, Tentacles would be my first one on our doubles. Um, A mutation again, probably Disturbing Presence. I'd like to give him Grab. Would you not go Claw? No. I, I suppose Disturbing Presence and Tentacles are both those you don't need to activate for them to use. I would almost consider shadowing. He's almost territory. Yeah. Yeah, the terrain. He's terrain. Yeah, he is terrain. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> he is terrain. You've got to go round him or through him. Yeah, I really like that. It's and you got to... That addition of mutations on doubles makes him a really interesting build. So let's say you don't roll doubles, which mm-hmm. I know is hard for you. <laughs> um, straight double sixes. Yeah. You're looking at guard. Yeah, and again, that's a non-active skill. Mm-hmm. So you put him on the line, he's got guard, then if you do want to deploy your orc, your orc becomes strength four. Yep. And you can really start smashing away. Exactly that. Other than that, um, grab I would get, move people where you want them. Yeah. I think that's a good one. Tackle, that's not a, that's a general skill, isn't it? That is, yeah. What else have got a strength? Break tackle is the one you're thinking of. It is. And you love that for ogres. Yes, I do. <laughs> so, ogre, chaos ogre, 0 to 1, 140k, movement 5, strength 5, edge 2, armor 9, uh, loner, bonehead, mighty blow, thick skull, throw teammate. So he is a regular ogre. Yes, indeed. Um, with mutations on doubles in addition. Mm-hmm. Um, first port call, if you roll a double, is block. 
Ogres are great. Ogres are great. I love an ogre. Now, they've got Bonehead, which means that they are technically unreliable, but as far as big guys go, they're, they're not bad. I think the Croxagore is slightly better, because it does have a defensive skill in Prehensile Tail, I it think. It does, yes. But ogres are great. I Take love it. an ogre. I think they're brilliant. I think they're... they're uh, it, it, obviously, it's coming away from it. And the human team, I think they're a necessity. Whereas a troll isn't a necessity in an orc team. I think we've had this conversation before. Yeah, I'm still not sure an ogre is a necessity in a human team. But no, but I think it's a, I think it's a good bit, good bit of the toolkit. But how do they play in renegades? What role do they fill? Um, support. Yeah, and that's how I try and use them. Um, so my guy's leveled up twice, and he is block and break tackle at the moment. So he's he, not, he is guard and break tackle. So he can get anywhere he likes to add that to just basically make the players around him better. Yep. So here's the emotional support of the team. He is indeed. I don't know if I would give him any mutations if given the option. I think once, or if you end up with block, having claw might be tempting. Yeah, if he's already in that position. Yes. Definitely. If he's already in that position, yeah. If he's already there, he's going to be punching face. If you go doubles, block, and then you get another doubles, it... it the possibility of having a block, a strength five block, mighty blow claw guy mm. is awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. I don't think you could pass that up. But I think what's more likely is he's going to end up with guard and break tackle as your first two skills. Yeah. Because those are the two best for him. Now, there is a kind of argument for strong arm. With the, um, with the gobbo. Yeah. I don't think you need that plus one. Also, it's... It's it's less your main plan because you've only got one goblin. Yeah. That this is like your, your ultimate check down. It's your hail mary pass of a play. It's not like something you do, you know, reasonably regular. This is something that just will work every now and again. Yeah. So you don't want to build a player just to achieve that when something like guard or break tackle is just going to be so much better. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Break tackle strength five is dodging into places on a three or a two. Yes, this is terrifying. Yeah. He's just going to wander, <laughs> wander in terrifying. there and punch something, or more importantly, get out of dodge if you need to. If you need to move him to be a part of a cage, yeah, you can you can do it. He's a wonderful addition, purely on support. Once you don't roll two ones, you can do it with him. Yeah, yeah, I think the ogre is a good one. So you've got the troll who goes on the line. You want him to be defensive. You want him to slow other players down. Yeah, defensive and disruptive. Mm-hmm. The ogre, who is kind of a jack of all trades, he's yeah. the one that will throw the team. He's the one that can get into places. He's going to be one of your most reliable. He's going to be the most reliable big guy. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the Monitor, who is your ultimate blitzer. Oh, see, I'm not a fan of the Monitor. That's a lie. That's a massive lie. <laughs> That's a massive lie. Even strength love. 5 Minotaur. So 0 to 1, 150k, movement 5, strength 5, edge 2, armor 8. So he's a little bit more fragile than the Ogre. But he comes with Loner, Frenzy, Horns, Mighty Blow, Fixed Skull, and Wild Animal. So Frenzy, Horns, Mighty Blow, incredibly good on strength 5. It's wonderful. He's charging in there and 2 dying... Any other big guy. Yeah, hands down. Twice. Last season, when I played against James's Goblins with my Renegades, the... Seems like a fair matchup. <laughs> it wasn't. Um, I injured his two trolls three times. And that's because it. Because they regen. <laughs> with he, the Minotaur. He rocks the scissors of other people's big guys. He really does. And my, my Minotaur on his team at the moment is currently worth 280000 and when I had to redraft it I literally put the Minotaur Myrus Bloodhorn Myrus Bloodhorn there you go yeah see you even almost know his name because he's that famous he is that famous Um, 
I was very lucky and I got three doubles on my first three rows. What did you go for? Claw. <laughs> Amazing. Block. Yep. Jump up. Yeah, the jump up I know we spoke at length about, but block, mighty blow, claw, frenzy, horns is insanely good. It's incredible. Like you said, he is essentially a cruise missile of a player. Mm. You point him at a big guy, that big guy's over. I did he may just be stunned, mm. but having a big guy out for two turns oh. is a massive, massive thing. And, and you know... You knock down a tree man, and we're about to go into a place where there will probably be more tree men in every meta. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> depending on Games Workshop, you know, actually delivering. <laughs> you know, it could be amazing. So, he is really a blitzer, isn't he? Yeah, he's he got is. frenzy and horns, he can't not be a blitzer. And I only use him as a blitzer. Mm-hmm. I use my blitz every turn for him unless he's down and I can't. So, say any other Blood Bowl player make rolls, your, uh, your upgrades here, and you just get singles. What's the first thing you take on him? He's got strength access only. Break tackle. Break tackle to get to where you want to go yep. or to dodge in somewhere and yep. then horns frenzy the hell out of someone. Yep. Yeah. Second one, stand firm. Yeah. Because there'll be a time when you shove him right on the edge of that pitch and then everybody is going to come after you. And they'll look to get rid of him because of the frenzy, because of the horns. Well, yes, I mean... With you, when you go with frenzy, like, there is an increased likelihood of you ending up at a place you don't necessarily want to be. Even if you're controlled, there is still a chance you can end up somewhere you don't want to be. And stand firm is optional. What about jugs? See, juggernaut is something I I I tossed up between when I got block. It is well. You, you don't have to have either. It's the poor, it's the poor man's block, isn't it? It is. Yes. If you're only going to be frenzying with him, juggernaut is not a terrible option. No. And on a tournament build, that's what I would do. But long term, there, there, block is great as well when you're blitzing that one guy, and you went and you need to take. Oh him. no! If I actually frenzy onto this, <laughs> I'm going to be in four players where you haven't worked it out quite right. Absolutely. And suddenly you get that both down. You're like, I can take that. And even if it's just to, even if they've got block. Is to stop you getting into that horrible situation. Yeah. Or if they don't have block, you're stopping it there and then without sacrificing. He's only AV8. He is only AV8, so you don't want him left in jeopardy, which is why if you get doubles taking wrestles on him is a terrible idea. Yes. And I rolled my last skill up, I got double five on him. Mm. And I almost went with armour. Armour nine would be good, but what did you go for instead? I went with Stan Firm at that point. Ah, see, that's worth I it. I got rid of all of it. I didn't, I just went for a single. So for singles, I would say. Break tackle is a great first choice, mm. followed up by by jugs. At yeah. that point, if you roll another singles, then jugs is, is your choice. Doubles, yeah, I like I like block. I agree. It's um it's a safer one. I think yeah, I think you're right. In a in a single level up, single level up situation, you would go for juggernaut over block. Yeah, well, you'd have to. <laughs> Because yeah, <laughs> no, sorry, you would go for juggernaut because you're, you, you would, don't have you could the take option jugs, You yeah. could take jugs. so that first one, if if yeah, you've got that option. I think if you do get hit with the doubles, though, the choice between block and claw is a tough one. I think I would almost rather go with claw, knowing that I can take jugs on a yeah. the next time. Yeah. If I get another doubles, brilliant, I'll take block. Otherwise, I'm using this guy as a strength six blitzer. Oh, you're just taking everything There's out. There's no right? point having block. Let's say there's no point having block. It it doesn't matter because I was just push instead and yeah. follow up and, and you we'll still get another yeah. chance. Yeah, yeah. I think that's great. Uh, not sure any of the other mutations are particularly necessary with him. 
I don't think two heads with break no. tackle it's, it's think not it does necessary anyway, does it no so I, I think he really does go if you get the if you get the mutation claw if you get the double block otherwise jugs break tackle I love to jump up well the idea is you, you don't really want him to fall over no because but, he is armor eight however people if they if they're not concentrating will will leave people two or three away because they're like oh if he wants to blitz he's got to get up and he's got to get to me and he's still got to do a go for it whereas on a jump up you can get down there and still smash him in the face <laughs> well the worst thing with that is that um, he can just make a straight agility roll at, well an agility roll at plus two so three plus he can just make a block action mm. against somebody um, and I think does he still get to use frenzy at that point yep so there you go three plus frenzy block from the ground yeah I can see that being really really good it's been used to good effect so far so note to self stay away from the minotaur yeah actually jump up is good I mean you don't want him to hit the deck because yeah founding founding AVA is, is easy yeah yeah it's, it's it's brutal but it's a good backup plan those are all the positionals on the renegade team and you know some of the most the straightforward ways to develop them, what you kind of want to use them as, and what they're what they're good at. Tactics-wise, yes. What's the standard gameplay for a KS Renegade team? Bash. You'll start at one million. <laughs> start at one million because obviously yep. one thing about them is that they've got so many skill up options. Yeah. You kind of have more carte blanche to develop your team. Yeah. Than any others. You okay, do. So you can right. I'm going to go heavy on the human build. I'm going to use the, the dark elf as a blitzer. Mm-hmm. and give him block straight away and then dodge and make him my blodger you know you've got a lot of build options but starting at the beginning 1 million up to 1.1 how do they play out so terribly <laughs> <laughs> that first season um, the very first season was 7 losses 1 draw I think for me um, and it was just terrible trying to get these guys levelled up um, the elf kept dying the goblin kept dying the skaven I think died <laughs> The orc lasted, but I, I leveled him up badly. The troll did nothing, um, and the miner didn't even come to his own. It was just, it, it wasn't great. It was difficult. Very yeah, your, difficult. Your, your first season was was maybe one or two wins, some of like that. No wins. No wins still at late. Oh my goodness! That was Seven awful. losses, one draw. And I just couldn't, I couldn't get to grips with them. I couldn't work out how I should be playing them. Um, my only experience prior to that was humans. Fair enough. They're not a human team. They're not a human team. Humans have all the skills to balance them out. These guys have no skills. No, there. nothing at all. And I, I fell foul of animosity. Yeah, a that's... couple of times, and I think I could only afford two rerolls when I first did it. So when you take the first million, you leave off one big guy. So we we, we recommend you leave off the troll. Yeah, they're they're extra difficult to move. Do you need both the Skaven and the Dark Elf from this from the start? I think so. The the Skaven gives you the extra movement. To either get to places to assist, or yeah. if he gets the ball to run away, the 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 elf gives you the security of a two plus pickup on a ball. Can you afford all of that from a, from a, at the start? You can. So if I've worked it out right, you can get the troll and the ogre, an orc, a skaven, a goblin, and an elf for five hundred thousand. Do you want the troll? No. no so without the troll. Oh, without the troll. So it's two ninety for the ogre and the miner. Yeah. Um, with the two with the Skaven and the Orc that makes it 390 
460 when you include the Elf at 70, and then the Gobbo at 40k makes it 500. So you've got what one, two, three, four, five, six players there. The plus five line at 250 is 750, and then you can afford three rerolls with 40k left over. How many rerolls? Three. That's perfect. Yeah. So three rerolls, five humans, an elf, a goblin, scaven, an orc, an ogre, and a miner. So you get straight off the bat, you get two optional ball carriers mm-hmm. plus the goblin. Sorry. Plus the goblin. Plus the goblin is you kind of check down. So you kind of have three medium utility players. You get one big guy to put on the line. You do. Chuck him on there with the orc and sacrificial sacrificial fodder. Mm-hmm. Okay. You've got a bunch of humans that can move around and stuff, and you've still got the Minotaur to take out anything you want. Yeah. So you should be able to have a little bit of fun yeah. on the combat side mm-hmm. from the, from the get-go. Yes. But you kind of do have to do the Saurus Cage. You've got the, the Chaos Cage. You've got no skills. No, no nothing at all. All you've, you've got, got is muscle. Easy. Yeah. Uh, so you've got, to, yeah, you've got to brew it up. You've got to play carefully. But you do have some potential there, so I think I think you you called it that actually at the beginning maybe one to one million one fifty twelve hundred they're not great. No. Once they hit twelve hundred, you've got some skills which means you can move the ball around, yeah. and you've got some skills which means that your combat goes better. You know you, you've got some removal in there or some disruption. You you start to see how your team. I think I think the key to Renegades is that. More than any other team, it feels like your franchise. Completely, because you're looking at that and you're 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 buying into it because you can manipulate this I've literally got, any way you I've want. I've got one of these guys. I've got one of those guys. I, I can only build them up, and they end up with a lot of identity. Whereas on a human or a Skaven team, I've got two throwers. I've got two throwers. Mm. Like one of them's slightly better than the other. But you, the the builds don't differentiate that much unless you get some heavy stat increases. Mm. So you know, strength four. Strength, strength four human thrower and, a, and an edge four human thrower. There's some identity there, yeah. but one with block and one with, you know, even dodge. To be honest with yeah. you, you got, you got one of them is your passer, the other one's your runner. Maybe mm. they're only slightly different. But your dark elf, when he gets to level three, is hugely different to the skaven at level three, but also more than likely quite different to someone else's dark elf. Yeah. And, and that's that's the, the beauty of it. I've seen people before who have run Chaos Renegades and actually only gone humans. Yeah, and which can be done because yeah. actually at that point, you're. And I think the difficulty ramps up ever so slightly. Just a bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. To, to doing that, but you keep the cost down. You go for it. It's just more more grindy, mm. and it's just less fun. I think personally. Yeah, yeah. But it it goes to show the the the, the ability that you can have on this team. Yeah. That you can tailor make your humans. You can have five humans on your team, and you can make each of them a different build. I really like the way they added the orc in uh, for the 2016 changes. Mm. It's not a huge amount of difference, but one, it's a great, uh, great excuse to get a random model to paint up. Yeah. And secondly, it does offer something ever so slightly different that doesn't make a massive impact to the game. So it's no skills different. He's just a little bit tougher, a little bit slower. It's just that it's that armor, it's that punch bag, and it all alone. Do you feel like? introducing a Chaos Dwarf to the roster would have been too much. Yeah, although you, you kind of think that it should maybe include a Dwarf, don't you, looking at it? Of sorts. I think a Chaos Dwarf would be too much. I think a Chaos Dwarf would be too much. The beautiful thing is that all of those races there, none of them have skills. No. 
which is really interesting. And dwarf, actually, you don't have an add two lineman. So add two mm. lineman, armor nine with lower movement and one skill up would be quite interesting. However, that's for nothing because you don't get it. Uh, <laughs> but the the idea of renegades is it's the it's a really interesting team. It's it's meant to be a a mix and match of who was down the pub at the time yeah. and decided to create a, a, a blood bowl team. It's a huge huge variance, and um, I think they're good fun. And I am very desperately trying not to make a chaos packed brew for Bonehead Bowl. That would be insane. Because any of the chaotic alignment or neutral alignments, you've got some interesting players and stuff. Mm. Thinking Dark Elves and Pact could be quite cool. That would be quite cool. Just loads of big guys on a Dark Elf team, essentially. Which is quite loads interesting. Loads of big guys on a Goblin yeah. and the rest Dark Elves. That would work. Yeah, it would be amazing. It would be amazing. So, that is everything for the core roster, the core build. Um, instead of doing our star player at the end of the episode, we are going to go straight into every star player available for the Chaos Renegade roster. And we'll move on to that now. Okay, so on to star players for Chaos Renegades. We're going to run this out of the NAF team lists version 1.5 <laughs> because it's available online and they do a great job of collating all the star players. Yeah, now, it might differ slightly from some of the newer Games Workshop bits, but until the Renegade spike comes out, there isn't a unified theory for it. So I think the NAF one is the best one to go for. It links in a couple of uh, Spike and DZ players. Mm -hmm. We've got the stats for those as well. So this is a quite a complete list of 10 star players. 10. Some of which I think you'll recognise. So we'll start off with Bomber Dribblesnot. He is the Goblin secret player who has Bombardier. He does. So he is 60,000. Uh, movement 6, Strength 2, Edge 3, Armour 7. Loner, Accurate, Bombardier, Dodge, Right Stuff, Secret Weapon, Stunty. So, for 60k, you get a Bombardier, he's got Accurate, so that's plus one, two throws. Yes. So, he's, you know... He's, More Accurate. He's, he's effective, as effective as a Bombardier can be, <laughs> without how many pass. Um, and 60k is pocket money. It is, but in a team, would you be wanting to take someone like him, or would you be looking at a keg... I think what happens with Bomber Dribble Snot is you only really take him when you are down millions yeah, and you've already got one really good star player mm -hmm. and a keg and maybe another team reroll and actually rather than that second keg I've actually got enough to take a bomb deer. Yeah. Or you take him when the team values are close. So you're 1240, they're 1300. You already have a game plan. You're not missing anything. You've got three rerolls. You've got sure hands. You've got a dodge. You can take him as additional disruption because for 60k, he might take out a few players. But more than that is if you're receiving the kickoff, you've got six turns mm. of him just hassling and forcing the opponent to do something. And let's face it, as far as pact is concerned, them getting closer to you is a great thing. Yeah, yeah, you want them there. You yeah. want them to be back. You've got you. one or two big guys. You've got a few guys who've probably got block at this point, and you've got the Minotaur that can just take people out. Having a Bombardier to force the issue, and it works one of two ways. Either they have to close in to try and take him out, in which case they're close enough to smash face, yeah. or they fall back, which means it just makes you caging up and moving down the field even easier. Yeah. So I do think that for 60k, if you've already got a game plan, yeah, I think that's he's a decent threat. He's a it? useful utility. 
because uh, 60k is a bargain. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Excuse me, I think I would rather take him than a keg. Yeah, I, I think it would be dependent on, on who it is you're playing. It does. Say, for example, if I was playing Lewis's Chaos, I would go for the keg, because yes. he's just as bashy, and I'm going to need my Skaven back, I'm going to need my Goblin back, I'm going to need my Lyman back, more so than I am worrying about being disruptive, because they're going to have a similar game plan to me. I don't think, you, I, I agree with you, I do not think that's the first inducement you take. I think it's the third or fourth. Mm, yeah. Um, or, if you're in a good, solid position, it, it's, a, it's a laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Probably <laughs> great fun for a tournament build. Be great for a tournament build. So the next one we've got is Crazy Igor. He's 120,000, 6338, so human lineman, with Loner, Dauntless, Regeneration, and Thick Skull. What does this guy do? Not a lot. This might be... A, I think this is a terrible star player for this team. Yeah. Okay. All he does is not die, which is, you know, that's great for him. Doesn't come off the pitch as easy. Well, yeah, by one point. He's got Dauntless. So Dauntless is normally like, oh, really good utility skill so I can take out big guys. We've got that already. This is like the team that does not need help yeah. <laughs> taking out big guys. You may yeah. think, okay, the Ogre team's probably the best one at anti-big guys, but it isn't because Horn's, um, Horn's Frenzy on a strength five is the best anti-big guy thing. Yeah. He's two double blocking twice every time. So yeah. if your mono is out, all right, you could take this guy, but I I don't see him being useful at all. No, no, I agree. It's it's he's not meant for this. I don't know why they've um they made him a um an option for this team to be honest. So the ones that are in the chaos spike and DZ one we'll come back to. Yep. So we can just work our way through the list. Cool. Uh, Helmet Wolf, love this guy. 110, yeah. 6338, Lona Chainsaw, Secret Weapon, Stand Firm. So 110k for a chainsaw. Yep. Love it. Do it. <laughs> uh, again, another utility one. Um, is he one of the? F- if you're a hundred, if you're 150 down, is he the first thing you take against dwarves? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it, it 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 works. He's the he's the up close and personal um, yin to the yang of bomber dribble stop. He's a threat. He's he the is guy a threat. That if you've got if you're receiving the ball, you stick him right on the line in front of that. That number one lineman. I'd rather take him than Bomber. Yep, I would. Um, it'd be great fun to take both. You know, if you're 200k down and you're actually not that fast, um, taking two secret weapons could be really great fun. Probably doesn't play into the game plan of these guys, but actually you're going to be stalling, you're going to be caging, which means you're going to have proximity to the enemy, mm. at which point actually there's going to be some blocking, so you can line some people up to be hit with a chainsaw. 110k, fun, yeah, not bad at all. Uh, your favourite, Lou Grip Whipper. Ah, wonderful okay. man. We've got the new stats for this guy. So it's 160 mm-hmm. for 6339. Uh, Lone up past strong arm, short hands, tentacles, and dodge dodge. 10k, the extra 10k for that dodge is just insane. It is literally a bargain. So we've waxed lyrical about Lou Grip before, but when you're in league play, he supports the rest of your team to he get the SP. really SPP. does. And this, is, this comes back to what I was saying about the elf earlier. If you don't have a passer at 160k, he and sorry, if you don't have a passer but you've got 160k in inducements, you're going to want to take loot grip. And you've, I've played against him with you a couple of times. Mm. He's been a really great player, or he's not ended up doing a lot, but but he's decent he's, enough to he's be able to been there as the option, which has yeah. been fine. And for 160, you're close enough where all he's going to be doing it essentially takes instead of having your Skaven or your Dark Elf in the in the uh, in your back zone mm. in your backfield to get the ball and move the ball 
they start two or three squares away from it. Exactly. That. So you can't. He is essentially giving you an extra turn. Yeah, really. When is. it comes to movement, he really is. And the fact he's got short hands. All right, we know how terrible it can be. Still, but the options there. It's a free reroll to pick up the ball. It, well, it takes the bitterness off Loner. Yes. At that point, because you're just like, well, he's as good as he would have been if he was mine. Same with pass. Uh, you're exactly right. Exactly the same pass. And the fact he's got a strong arm means that he does become a, a D threat. Movement six is not slow. No. You know, you're going to get close enough to the ball. I would imagine you, if you need to, there is a good opportunity for you to do a quick or short pass. Mm. And, you know, you're looking at 75% success rate for a short pass with, with his pass through. But that's not bad for a star player for Brilliant. free. Yeah. yeah, you're not going to get the one SPP for that, but you might get the touchdown because of it, and you'd rather have three SPP on your Dark Elf than one. Yeah. Massively so, because yeah, it gets, so. gets you closer to being what you want him to be. So, Lou Grip, great first choice all day long, yeah. I think. He is number one, isn't he? Yeah. Um, I've not heard of this guy. Morg and Thorg. No, I don't think we've spoken about it at all, have no. we? Wow, he's expensive. He is. So it's everybody's favourite <laughs> ogre, Morg, 430, 6-6-3-10, uh, with every skill. Um, Loner block, mighty low, thick skull, throw teammates. So you've already got a lot of big guys. I, I think he's unnecessary. If you are half a million down, which, you know, actually that's not <laughs> even, that's not me even being, you know. Mm. Yes, what you're looking at. That's actually the money. You could do some other things. Like Lou Grip. Lou Grip, a crazy secret weapon. That's a wizard. 200, 250. Chuck a wizard, chuck a keg. And another reroll. Yeah. I, I, that's a better spend of the money. I reckon so. Morg is great fun. So for tawny builds, actually, Morg, Chaos Troll, Chaos Ogre, and Minotaur could be a lot of fun. And then you have got Ogroth Bulgroth, who is another chainsaw. We're talking orc now, aren't we? Yeah. 100k, 5339, loner chainsaw secret weapon. So you don't need two of them. I can't see you ever running two of them. But if you want to run two of them, you can. It could be amazing. <laughs> and to that honest, one game. 10k less uh, might be worthwhile, even though... It loses stand firm. He loses one extra movement. But he gains an armor. He does a game of but yeah, interesting one. Uh, right, now we've got Zarg Mad Eye. 90k, 4, 4, 3, and 9. Yep. Loner, Hail Mary Pass, Pass, Secret Weapon, Strong Arm, Short Hands, Tackle, Thick Skull. So. I'm not sure what he brings to this. He brings a heck of a throwing game. So you've got Hail Mary, which is great, but also. He's at four with strong arm and pass and sure hands. Mm. So actually, you're picking up a ball on a three plus with a reroll. That's a long bomb on a three. Uh, yeah, and then you are passing at plus one, essentially, with a reroll. Yeah. So he will aid you to get that ball out. For 90k, that's that's pretty decent option. Movement four is rubbish, though. So to have him in the backfield... It, you need him up front, don't you? Yeah. Hand the ball off to him and it won't launch it downfield. But what it does give you is a 90k strength 4 player with armor 9. A bit of secret weapon. Secret weapon means he's going anyway, mm. but if you are finding yourself with the troll out, with your mino out, and you've got that cash, yeah, here's, a, here's, a, here's a question for you. Do you go for 90k strength 4 or the chainsaw? I would go for the chainsaw. 100k, you'd probably go for the chainsaw. Yeah. It's a cool player build, though. I like that. I'll be interested to see how he actually operates on a pitch. 
Yeah, I've never really come across him. No, nor have I. Okay, so we have got Gobbler Grimlich now. Or Grimlich, probably. That's a noble boy, isn't it? He is. So he's 230k, movement 5, strength 4, add 2, armor 9. With a whole heap of skills. Massive. Though. So Lona, Big Hand, Disturbed Presence, Leap, Monstrous Mouth, Regeneration, Tentacles, Very Long Legs. So this is the giant toad chaos. It is. Thing. So Big Hand, pretty cool, but he's yeah. 2. Mm-hmm. Leap, Long Legs, pretty cool, but he's 2. So he's, he's leaping on three pluses. Which, horrendous. which is okay if you want to do that with a star player that doesn't that has Lona. Monstrous Mouth is the worst half of short hands. Yep. So it ignores triple. Mm-hmm. And he's got tentacles, which is quite funny. He's strength four tentacles. Is he intercepting on a four? Uh, yes, because he's got a plus one for very long legs. And for big hand. Does big hand work on interceptions? Oh no, that was just to pick the ball up, wasn't it? Yeah. And I was thinking of extra arms. Yeah, yes, it doesn't have extra arms. So, no. no. 230k. If you want a strength 4 guy, you go with Zara Madai. Mm. And if you want a strength 4 guy, you go with a chainsaw instead. Yes. Maybe. 230 is very expensive. He is a cool player and will make a really cool model. Mm. But he doesn't, he doesn't leap consistently enough. He can't handle the ball. He can handle the ball, but you'd be better off using your ogre. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, rude. Um, I don't think he's got enough there. He's a cool player, but not not amazing. No, no, not so. Okay, we've got Guffle Pussmore, who's two hundred and ten thousand. Uh, movement five, strength three. Yep. Edge four, armor nine. Okay. Edge four's good. Armor nine's good. Lona, foul appearance, monstrous mouth, Nurgle's mm-hmm. rot. So he's the Nurgle guy. With the, the tummy mouth. That's the one with the tummy mouth. Tummy mouth. So he's a he's a slow catcher. Edge four is good. Uh, monstrous mouth. Once he's got the ball, no one can take it off him, which is quite cool. And they need a two plus to punch him. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's enough for two hundred and ten k. You want him at least six. Some maybe block. Oh, yeah, if he was strength maybe. four, edge four, that would be very cool. Mm. But he's strength three, and again, monstrous mouth is cool, and foul appearance is cool enough, but. You know, you can have a lineman with that for yeah. for 90k. Um, sure, he doesn't have the edge for, but he gets to use your rerolls. Mm. Yeah, it seems a bit. Yeah, it's an odd build that one, I think. Yeah, still, still quite cool. So, with a grasp, double draw is the last one. 170,000 movement six, strength three, edge three, armor nine. Loner, prehensile tail, tackle, tentacles, two heads, wrestle. So. He's a very different player. He's defensive, isn't he? I he like him. Very defensive. Tackle and tentacles and prehensile tail is brutal. Yeah. You're not getting away from this, guys. But also, he has got a great combination of tackle and wrestle. Yeah. And he's got two heads, so he's dodging with a plus one in there. So he's dodging into a tackle zone on a three plus, which is risky when you've got loner. But if you need to do it, you need to do it. But he's got tackle and wrestle. If you had 350k... You would be hard pushed not to take loot grip and with a grass. I think it's a pretty great. You've got a ball carrier there and a safety. I think there could be an argument made. No, he this guy's really good. Mm. I think he's your second best pick. Yeah, I agree. I do think he's your second best pick. Yeah, hundred percent. That's, that's quite a, that's quite a cool new build. Mm. Um, and he's from the Chaos Spike. He is. 
Yeah. So those are all the myriad of star players that are available to Renegades. Yeah. A couple of doubles, and this is likely to change based on your tournament or your league setting and whether you're using the 2016 rules with spikes <laughs> or whether they're using NAF only or whether they're using both or whether someone like me has missed a couple off because there's <laughs> genuinely so four different documents to, to use to, to figure out who you've got available. But I think it just matches the Chaos Renegade roster. You've got a hodgepodge mix of players and a hodgepodge mix of star players. Yeah, I agree. Like the Blood Bowl A team. <laughs> but better because the van has frenzy and horns. It does. Yeah. A which, great big tail. Which I think is very, very, very cool. So I love the pact. Um, I've not played any games with them. I've played several against them. <laughs> um, and the modelling opportunity is brilliant. And yeah. once you get them to game 10... They, they, they just they, they've got a life of their own there is hardly ever going to be a team one like it and two that's going to feel like your franchise as much yeah uh, yeah I completely agree you get such a buy-in with it such a buy-in yeah really 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 great so not great for beginners not at all um, that was half my problem yeah I think they're probably a third season team yeah you start a new league, you take a basic team, mm-hmm. then you either go for stunty or something different for season two, like you go from humans, orcs, dwarves to elves or mm. to goblins to do something different, and then you go, actually, let's try the blank sheet ones, let's try the advanced teams. Yeah. And I think this is definitely an advanced team. It is, yeah, and I went from humans to, to yeah, renegades. Which was a bit lumpy, but you stuck with it, and they were an absolutely cracking team now. Yeah. They made it to the finals. They uh, quarterfinals. Yeah. No, yeah. semifinals. Yeah, made it to the semifinals of the last last league, which is which is awesome mm. because um, it takes a lot of growing that team. Fortunately, for everyone who's out there listening, still <laughs> that does wrap it up for this episode. It does. Thank you all very much for listening and uh, keep up to date with what we're doing on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We've got our prizes coming up for Bonehead Bowl. We've got uh, at least one giveaway competition going on at the moment. And um, probably more knowing us. Probably more, yeah. But yeah, and drop us a message if anything fun's going on because we'd love to share it on the podcast. Yeah. And don't forget, two heads aren't always better than one. Mm-hmm.